Hello and welcome back to, welcome back or welcome to the Riley Brakefield Show. I am your host, Riley Brakefield, otherwise known as Titties. What's going on? I hope everybody had a blessed weekend. I hope that you, uh, me switching my podcast to a Tuesday didn't mess up your weekly routine. If it did, I'm very sorry. This is just what I had to do for myself, you know, just one of, one of those kind of, one of those kind of moves. So layout for this, for my Tuesday show then, is going to be just kind of going through news, a couple things that I want to talk about, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to recap all the big games from college football weekend, and then a couple games from NFL weekend, and then my just my thought segment, and that's the show. Hope that works out for you. But uh, I did say in my last podcast that uh, the conspiracy theory of the week segment, um, I decided to get, I'm just going to get rid of it. I don't have enough time to make it a good product, do enough research to make it a make it a good segment that's enjoyable for you as my listeners. So I decided to just cut back and not do that part for now and hopefully I can do it moving forward in the future. <laughs> but let's get into today's show. How about that, huh? Antonio Brown uh, hit that level of crazy that also triggers the horniest part of your brain. Um, to where, you know, you're just showing your dick off in random pools with this with your lady friend in Dubai. You know, that's just natural behavior. And then posting a picture insinuating that you want to or have slept with uh, one of your best friend's wives was quite the move from Antonio Brown over the weekend. But uh, that guy's just fucking crazy. Everyone, the fact that Mike Tomlin kept him under wraps is insane to the entire world. Talking a little bit of baseball here. Got a couple couple things I want to talk about. Seattle Mariners made the playoffs for the first time in, I think it was like 19 years or something like that, or 21 years, I believe. Yeah, 21 years or something. Crazy. I've always kind of been a Mariners fan. I used to watch a lot of Mariners baseball growing up, but then kind of at that point in your life when you like teams that are better, you, you know, I wasn't a very loyal fan at that time. So always been a distant fan, so it's kind of cool to see them getting back to relevancy. Tony La Russa retired, you know, he was an old, decrepit man. He literally fell asleep in the dugout at one point this year. So he's just been waiting and dying to go to the old folks' home. He's just like your grandpa that sits on the porch and he doesn't talk. And when he does talk, he just says racial slurs. And your mom's just like, oh, he's sick. No, he just needs to be put in a home. That's pretty much how it is. The Braves won the division and basically screwed the Mets, making their road to the a World Series championship like they had high hopes for, a lot more difficult. A lot of fans are pissed off and at the Braves, of course, because the Braves, the Mets have led the led the division for like, it was like 100 days or something like that, an insane number. They had been in control all year long, and out of nowhere, right at the end, the Braves take it from them. Just absolute wild. You can't write a better story than that. I mean, that's sports, baby. Something else, um, I was he, I've been seeing this all off season in the NBA, saying all different types of reports about Russell Westbrook almost got traded here, Russell Westbrook almost got traded there. Then there was one today in training camp or preseason just started literally yesterday that there was a report of a trade. I didn't read the full details, but it was for Russ to go to the Pacers and Buddy Hield and Miles Turner in return. The Lakers are just going to implode because I feel like these rumors are going to circulate all year long. It's going to be non-stop because they're not going to be a very good team. Everyone knows that. 
I just I honestly feel bad for Russell Westbrook. I don't feel bad for LeBron, but I feel bad for the rest of the Lakers team because they're going to deal with this all year long, and it's just going to be a complete horrible distraction. But that's the NBA. It's the best. It's the best reality show on TV. It's like watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's the same type of drama. And if I could give out uh, a movie recommendation, I know I, I think I talked about this on Friday's show. The movie Blonde, starring Anna De Armas as Marilyn Monroe, absolutely loved it. It was a great look into Marilyn Monroe's life and how she came about and all the struggles that she dealt with with all of her mental health issues. It was, I thought Anna De Armas did an awesome job. Hell of a movie. I gave it five stars on Rotten Tomatoes. I recommend go watching it. But hey, that's just me. Talk about the 49ers-Rams game tonight. God, that was... uh, The Rams on offense are just... I don't understand. They just seem to always go to Cooper Cup. Always go to Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson's there. He's also a really talented wide receiver. Probably top 20 in the NFL. So I don't know why he doesn't get more targets. I'm... I have to correct my math there. I need to look up and see if he's getting a bunch of targets, like average in the league. But the offense is just like it's a one-trick pony. They just seem to always go to Cooper Cup, always go to Cooper Cup, always go to Cooper Cup. Like they just need more, but they have more. I mean, Allen Robinson is a top 20, like I said, wide receiver. The guy's very talented. Tyler Higby's probably like a top 10 tight end in the league. Skrownik, he that guy does the dirty work. He's a very good receiver as well. So I think it's just Matthew Stafford is just kind of mid. Honestly, I hate saying mid, but I think he's mid. Just garbage showing from them. And the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan in the past seven games are 7-0 and in the regular season against the Rams. Yes, you know, obviously there's the one that mattered the most, go to the Super Bowl. But that's crazy. Shanahan has literally dominated McVay for like, what is that, four years almost? And the fact that Garoppolo's never lost to the Rams. The Rams have had one of the best defenses in the NFL for the past, like, five, ten years, it feels like. Not ten, more like five, but insane. Instains. Insane stat, in my opinion. We'll get in a little bit of college football. How about, if you like that, stick around. I love college football. It was a pretty good weekend, though. I really enjoyed the games. None of the upsets that I really wanted to have happen happened. One of the biggest stories coming out of this weekend's games, though, is a bunch of SMU players have decided to sit out the remainder of the season and hit the transfer portal. Like, I get it. You know, it's more of a business decision. Like, I can't. That didn't sound right. But it's a business decision. You know, they're, they want to look out for their well-being. If they don't feel like their team's going to win or accomplish goals that they thought that they could there, sit it out, go somewhere else. But then you got to think. Are coaches going to be willing to take that risk on a scholarship? You know, because that's a scholarship. It's costing the school money. Are they going to be willing to take a chance on a kid that quit on his team already? And if they're not performing good, he's just taking up a roster spot when you could have had a kid you had you try to develop and something like that. That's just something to pay attention to. I, I don't understand the move, but it's probably going to be the new norm, especially with NIL nowadays. Sticking with big news, Carl Doral, I believe is his name, got fired from Colorado. He was doing a horrible job. They, they're they a dog fire of a school. They used to be so good back in the Big 12 days. Paul Chris also got fired from Wisconsin, which a lot of people are calling it how Nebraska fired Bo Pelini too soon. He was doing an awesome job. I mean, I should have wrote it down. 
but the division titles, the conference championship appearances, the nine, ten win seasons. He was doing a spectacular job. They just started out bad this year. But a lot of people are thinking, you know, he's doing bad, and a lot of people don't want to lose the defensive coordinator there, Jim Leonard. He's getting a lot of talk about going to other places. He's going to be the interim. So it could be very interesting to see. It might be kind of something they were too scared to lose him and just want to get the reins on him so they let Chris go too early. But only time will tell. Very interesting move, though. Very interesting move. The AP poll saw seven new teams this week. Seven teams dropped out. There was quite a few upsets. A lot of teams that were in that middle pack lost out. TCU got ranked after their beating of Oklahoma, UCLA after their big win. Kansas finally ranked, which makes Kansas-TCU this weekend one hell of a game for the number one spot in the Big 12 as well. Mississippi State got in, LSU got in, which makes up for a big matchup with Tennessee coming to town this weekend. Gonna Early kick, 11 a.m., going to be fucking stoked. I'm, I'm so juiced for that game because if we win, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking – I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll get my belly button pierced. If this gets 100 views and LSU beats Tennessee, I'll get my fucking belly button pierced. How about that? Syracuse also hopped into the top 25. They've been on tear. They're 5-0 and right now going into a bye week. You know They can keep climbing. They're a very talented team. The, that Whatever part of the ACC that is is a little weaker than the other half. I don't, they're not even, it's like Atlantic and Coastal. I don't know. But, you know, that's just how it is. One of the other big stories coming out, Georgia almost got beat by Missouri. It goes back to what I said last week. Everyone feels very beatable this year. You know, there's like that cluster of 16 sitting up at the top right now, but I feel like any one of them could catch their day in hell and they're going to lose. I could see, I don't, I don't think we're going to go in to conference championship week with any undefeated teams. Something's going to happen this year. I just know it. I just know it. TCU, I already talked about them. They destroyed Oklahoma. Oklahoma, there's a lot more issues there than people thought. You know, They had a lot of easy games there early. They beat the crap out of Nebraska, and now all these issues are getting exposed. So Sooners are going to be in for a rebuilding year this year, I feel, which isn't good with their move to the SEC. Very close. Clemson, sadly, keeps on proving all the haters wrong. Their offense is looking decent, and they're – Doing what they need to do, the defense is stellar. They beat NC State. I really, really wanted the Wolfpack to pull that one off, but they just couldn't, which it sucks, but that's just that's just how the world works. Purdue got a big upset against Minnesota, just just showing that the Big Ten West is wide open. I mean, fucking Nebraska's in the number one spot right now. Nebraska, yeah, the worst, one of the top ten worst programs in the country, Nebraska. That division's very beatable. I mean, Minnesota looks so strong, too, going in. I mean, everything was going the right way. The Boilermakers, man, that's just what they do, though. They always get those games. They're going to get somebody else later this year. I just know it. Somebody else is going to be creeping right there, looking to get a playoff bid. Oh, shit, who's that? The Boilermakers. Every time, man. Every fucking time. Georgia Tech, another upset. Georgia Tech beat Pitt. A game Pitt really shouldn't have lost, considering Georgia Tech just fired their head coach and their athletic director. That's how bad it was. And Mia lose to them? <sighs> Pitt is so annoying because they feel what they had last year. Pat Narduzzi, for some reason, didn't like. I know I talked about that before. And he just wants his ground-and-pound style, but, like, his offense is built for spreading the ball out, I feel like. I just – he feels like a – he just feels like he's stuck in the past, man. Going back to your great – to your grandpa, whispering those bad words. 
He's just lost and just stuck in the past. Oklahoma State, that was another big big key win for them. They beat Baylor. They just keep improving and showing that they're gonna they're a team to be reckoned with, you know. They slid into the number seven spot this week, so they're right there at the top, you know. They could slide right in if because everyone's beatable, like I said. So Oklahoma State's a team to definitely watch out for. They could make a big run for the playoff. And so now that we're up to five power five head coaching jobs, I decided I want to rank them. So we have Colorado, Nebraska, Georgia Tech, Wisconsin, and Arizona State. Those are the five Power Five jobs that are open. At one point in time in the 90s, these were all really, really good programs. It's a true statement. You'll look it up, kids. Wikipedia, I always that's where I like to go. So where they are now and what they can accomplish, I guess, is how I'm going to rank these. Wisconsin, I'm putting one. Because I think what I said earlier, their move is just to get keep Jim Leonard around so that he can be the head coach. I think maybe a change, a new phase though, kind of will help them. They have a really talented roster. They've always been a really good football team. They've always dominated the Big Ten West, but they've been a little slow the past couple of years. It seems like. But for me, if they decide to go elsewhere, this could be a big ticket job because there is the potential to be really good at Wisconsin. Really good. It's hap- I mean, they've been one of the most dominant programs over the past 20 years. Like, they hardly ever have bad years. They hardly ever lose games like that to Illinois, you know. So, I I, th- I put that one number one. Number two, it's going to surprise a lot of people, but it's Georgia Tech. Like I said last week, if they were to get a guy like Deion Sanders who knows the area, they're going to hit gold. They're going to immediately compete in the ACC. They're immediately going to be talked about. They're immediately in a couple of years going to be in the playoff conversation. That's just how it's going to be. So that one, that's why I think it's that too, because I think that potential is there with any coach. But Dion is the right choice, obviously, and the hopeful candidate for me. But then three is Nebraska, obviously, so that one can teeter. I, I, I still think Georgia Tech would finish higher than Colorado and Arizona State. But if they got Dion, I think that would put them at two in this cycle of head coaching. Nebraska's three, for obvious reasons. I mean, they have the money, all that, but it's just about if they can recruit. That's all it comes down to. Four, I think, is Arizona State because they are still a pretty relevant brand. Herm Edwards did kind of bring them up again. So I think that that's a very appealing job. It's in Arizona, nice weather. They have all the prettiest women that go to that school. Like it's a known fact. There's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity at Arizona State, especially if they do go to the Big Twelve or the Pac the Pac Ten becomes a thing. They can take that over. So I think I think there's a lot of potential at Arizona State. Five is Colorado because they're just not what they used to be. They were once a very good program. They fell off, and they just kept falling off. And right now, it's a dumpster fire. Whoever's the next coach, you want to hope that you can give them five years to try to just rebuild it from the ground up, basically, because that's what you're going to have to do. It's it's a sad disaster at Colorado, especially because they were competing for national championships in the 90s, and now there's this. It's, it's sad. Like I said, all five of those teams used to be something big in the 90s, and now they're all dwindling off. It's... It's a sad sight. I wasn't even around in the 90s, but I just, I like to think about it. I was like, damn. I always like, I like the, the 90s, like all the sporting events before I was born for some reason. It's just cool to think about what that was like, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just my high thought of the night. 
NFL thoughts for the week. The Raiders finally won a game, which is good for them. Hopefully they can get things going. they got to play the Chiefs this week, though. That could, If they win that, though, that's just going to prove the AFC West is definitely a division, uh, division that's going to be tough to beat this year. Speaking of that, Javante Williams tore his ACL and LCL. That's a huge blow to the Broncos as Melvin Gordon continues to fumble the ball like it's a child with a baby. You know what I mean? So, yeah. The Eagles are an absolute wagon and cannot be stopped by any man or anybody or anything. They are so good. It's unbelievable. I did not think they were going to be this good this year. I figured they'd win the division, but holy cow. They're an absolute tear. Brian Dayball and the Giants, I think they should stick with the Wildcat formation instead of even playing Daniel Jones at quarterback at all. They could benefit them down the, down the line. I mean, they're 3-1, and one, though. That's crazy. Um, but their offense is not very good with Daniel Jones. They're definitely a team that's going to draft a quarterback in the first round. I know what I said on one of my last week's show about they should maybe stick it out if they perform good. I don't think they should. They should get rid of Daniel Jones as soon as possible. DK Metcalf pulled a Paul Pierce and got himself carted off. So go take a shit. You know I love the move. It's you got to do. It. You know you can't pinch and walk all the time. You gotta you gotta have a little bit of assistance. Been there. Sometimes you gotta crawl. Sometimes you gotta take a little wheelchair. Take a little cart. I love it. I love it. Also, my last note about the NFL this weekend is I hate Patrick Mahomes. I saw that his little stupid flip pass that he did right before he crossed the line for a touchdown. I'm so tired of it, man. I fucking hate it. He's too. It's just he's he's so good. He's very good, and it's just it grinds my gears. I hate him. I hate him. But and now for my just my thought segment of the week. I'm doing this one about college coaches. I wish that college coaches that start to build up a lower power five school would stick around. Looking at Lance Leipold, Kansas is so good this year. I mean he. He's turned that team, he's turned the program around. He's got an awesome quarterback. He's got to work with the benefit from that. But there's all the rumors about Wisconsin now, Nebraska. It's just I don't want to see him go. I want to see him stick it out there. I want to see him turn Kansas into an absolute powerhouse. And I know we've seen this move happen before. You know, you see it with like Luke Fickle's a good example. They're not power five yet, but damn, they're going to be in the Big Twelve next year. His name was circulating with the Notre Dame job, the LSU job, Oklahoma, all of it. But he decided to stick around at Cincinnati and keep building. That I wish that we could see more of that. I get that there's always the, the bigger paycheck, the more allure, but it's like sometimes I just want someone to stick around and just keep on building the program. Like Kansas at one point, they almost had a chance to compete for a national championship. And I think Mark Mangino had like one or two bad years, and they let him go, and they could have just rode it out. I know there's so many other teams I could think of, that, that, you know, if they just rode it out with the coach. And Nebraska's another, like, a perfect example. If they just rode it out, they'd probably be at the upper echelon right now. They'd be at the big kid table. I know they're not a lower power five, but just, like, sometimes the grass isn't always greener. Sometimes you don't need coaches to leave, you know. You just... You just want I just want Lance Leipold to stay. That's that's just how I feel. That's today's show. I appreciate you sticking around. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. I love you all. Thank you for listening to my beautiful raspy voice today. I don't I don't know. But your boy Titties is out. Oh, 
Yes, and send this to a Kansas Shayhawk fan because they deserve to know that it's going to be okay. I love you. Good night. Sweet dreams. Your boy Titties is out.